Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt, Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. How is this? How about uh, how about we say now it's now it's good. Can you hear us? <laughs> Welcome everybody. Uh, thank you, Dave. <laughs> well, this again. Okay, so I I. Uh, Who are you? My name is Jason Hunt, and I am Timothy Harvey. And, and why are we here? Right before we started. I was setting things up for the live streams, and uh, Rumble apparently is down as far as the live stream setups go. So we are only broadcasting to YouTube, Odyssey, and Twitch. And that kind of threw me off a little bit. And then uh, the fact that Tim was dialing in because I misunderstood. I thought he was going to be here. I was like, where are you? And he's like, where's the leak? And I was like, wait a minute. Even made a fresh pot of coffee and everything, but uh, you know. Yeah, so so this month has been very work heavy. Uh, a lot of stuff. We do a lot of trainings, and got a conference coming up in April, and I've been doing all this work, and it's coming to an end. I mean, April is going to open up a lot, and so <laughs> yes, the the plan is is that I mean we're we're this is the last week of the month, so. I think I've only got one training scheduled for next week, which means I should be in the studio. That's the plan. That's the hope. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm going to be because we know how that works. Sure. But that is the plan and the hope. So fingers well, crossed. And between now and then, uh, we have we have the list of topics that we have discussed and various different things that have come up. And I have I have notes here. We've got uh, a li- the the master list so far. Which is longer than it has been in a while, I think. Um, so we'll actually be able to pick a topic before next Tuesday night. So, right, uh, right. looking forward to that. So anyway, uh, I do need to give a status update. Sci-fi for me dot com is back up and running. We got that part fixed. There was a there was a WordPress plugin that was causing issues and and it was down for a while with a fatal error it said uh, but it is it is back up and running however none none of us can get into it yet still oh, no well here's here's what happened because uh, apparently since it works on a database uh, it, it's a it's a WordPress site. There's a database that's involved, and the database has a, a, a size limit of two gigabytes. And apparently, we've gone over that because of a plugin that we've got from WordFence, a security plugin, that basically kind of keeps track of how many times the website has been hit by bots. Sure. And all of that data is in the database instead of being deleted. So it's now locked up everything and I can't I can't log in until we get the database cleaned up. So that's the next step. Uh it's not one thing, yeah, it's I another, know. I tell you. I, I got up one morning I want to see tail end of last year and discovered that my company's website had 
basically done the same thing. Um, I actually got a notification in my email because I'm the, you know, the contact. And it's like, at first I thought it was spam. I thought yeah. it was, I thought it was like a phishing thing. Cause I'm like, I have never seen this before. Right. And then I went to my website and went, Oh, uh Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was the same thing. It was a, it was a WordPress plugin. And I mean, they, when, you know, there's WordPress is a very easy site to a very easy website building thing to use. It's got all kinds of nifty, cool plugins. A lot of them are free. They're, they're super useful, but however, yeah, you could have a WordPress. I mean, it's like, uh, well, we haven't, we haven't talked about this on the show, but Jason, and I've been talking about the fact that one of my cameras, so I do, I do, um, uh, film live shows and things like that. And one of my cameras just stopped working in the middle of a, of a show. And there's so many different things that can make your camera stop working. And, but then uh, and that's, so that's incredibly frustrating, but then you take it to a website where you've got maybe six, 12, 20 plugins that are all super useful and you don't know which one just broke your system. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have had, uh, let's see, I can, I, I think I can probably count maybe three, <laughs> three, four times where, uh, we, we update, we update the site, uh, and one of the plugins gets updated or, or we update a number of plugins all at once, and suddenly the site's not working. It's like, hang on, wait a minute. And you have to start rolling back, well, which one did it? And I've gotten into the habit now where I'll have the, the list of plugins up in two different windows, mm -hmm. and I'll do the updates from one and have it there, and yeah. then yeah. I'll refresh the other one to see, did it break it? No. Right. Yeah. Okay. We can keep going. Yeah. So you do that. But the irony is the th the thing what broke the site this time wasn't even active. It wasn't anything that I had even because uh, it, it was installed as part of the WooCommerce package. Right. Sure. But it was something that I didn't I I didn't turn it on. I didn't say use this thing, and somehow it it corrupted something i got it but anyway the dot com is back up so people can see it um we just updates, can't get into updates it updates to come updates to come yeah so i gotta get with uh i gotta get with our it guy jeff and say hey how are we how let's fix this because now we've got to go in and manually delete a bunch of stuff from the database and i want to make sure that i don't delete the wrong thing right because right. you know uh, it, once it's gone, it's gone. And I was like, well, I need to make sure that it doesn't... Save the town by burning it down, right? Yeah. But it does reinforce my desire, my continued desire, as we've had, have had for, what, now four years, that I would like to have a custom-built, do, do my own website that... I don't have to worry about every third party thing breaking it. So I don't know. It's no, yeah. one of these days. One of these days. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I mean, <coughs> the potential is there for a really great, fantastic website if I could build it or find somebody who could build it for me. I don't know how to do it myself. But did you say potential? I did say potential. Hmm. I deliberately said potential to set this up because we're talking about potential tonight. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we did a two-part series uh, talking about film and television stories that had not quite delivered. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's set up. It looks like it's really good. Our expectations are high, and it's not quite there. Didn't quite live up to the potential we saw. And mm-hmm. in in that conversation, we also talked about the fact that there are sometimes actors, uh, actors and performers and directors even, uh, who are in that same category. So I thought we'd circle back to that tonight and talk about some different actors who are like, oh, this is going to be such a phenomenal person, and then not. So I want to start with Marissa Tomei. Because Marissa Tomei... We know her from Spider-Man No Way Home. You know, the, the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe's Aunt May. Well, younger <coughs> Among other will, will know her from. Yeah. But I first... I first saw her, I think, in Oscar. With Sylvester Stallone. And there was a... There, and, and, with with me and 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 figuring out oh this actor is going to go places there's usually a moment you know it's that, that one little place where you just like aha this that aha moment where you realize this this person's got talent right and in oscar there is a moment where she giggles in a certain way when she's talking, she's talking to Tim Curry's character Thornton, right? And she had, and she, she, she makes a thing out of saying his name, and I thought she's got something there because that that feels like something that she came up with. And then you know she did a couple of things. She won an Oscar for My Cousin Vinny, you know, which she, is by the way considered in the legal profession. Like actual real practicing lawyers mm-hmm. is the most accurate legal representation <laughs> of the court system, and they—I mean—they are—they're serious when they say that because all all of the all of the really funny things that we laugh at are just things. I mean, that outsider view, yeah, that that, that you get to those characters. Um, that's the craziness of the legal profession, and like. If you go to like uh, what Legal Eagle on YouTube, right? He's mm-hmm. he's very popular. He's got episodes about it. He's like, this is why it's so accurate. Yeah. And and what's funny is that so many people don't even. I mean, we're so used to seeing like legal thrillers that are so completely inaccurate. I mean, Law and Order has done more damage to Americans' <laughs> understanding of the legal system. Yeah. Great show. Huge uh, was a huge fan. Watched it. The original series I watched. I think probably you know almost every episode, but it's radically wrong. The most accurate film, and she's so great in that movie, is a comedy. Yeah. It's a relatively silly comedy, and it's incredibly legally accurate. So there you go. Well, what's <laughs> funny is you have a lot of, uh, a lot of website, uh, a lot of YouTubers now, you know, Rakeda and Legal Mindset and, and uh, 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 Viva Fry and, and, and Barnes, and all these different ones. That's one of the things that they all they all talk about is sure. the media portrayal of the legal system is so ridiculously off. Well, it, for the, the most is, part, is that the law is not exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. Like any like any other business, occasionally <laughs> there's excitement, but the vast majority of of the law is 
tedious. It, I mean, just because it's a, it's a grind. You, it's yeah. it's it's paperwork and and there's again coming back to law and order. It's like they're arrested in the first half. They're in trial in the second half. It's like you cut out the six months in the middle, right? Right. Or the year in the middle, or I mean, because the, it grinds slowly, kids. It does. So yeah, it's just it's just not exciting now big you know you get your your high profile things right that become big headline stuff that's what people think of but the vast majority like any job is it's just it's like i got up today and i filed a brief and then i did some <laughs> research for other clients and this was my entire month and yeah. you know i mean so it's like anything else but yeah it's not it's not dramatic it's not cool and um the entertainment industry would prefer dramatic and cool. Yeah. Well, and and I have to wonder when she won the Oscar. <clears throat> I mean, she did stuff after that. Sure. But her her career trajectory, at least at at least from from what I could see, just at the time kind of felt like it didn't go where it could have gone she is hardly the only person who who got an oscar or recognition early on yeah and then it just and and part of it comes down it's like um you look at you look at the star wars prequels right Mm -hmm. um and there's just like a the number of people whose careers got derailed um you know natalie portman could not get hired yeah. After the Star Wars prequels for a long time, um, Hayden Christensen's career. I mean, he did he did a couple of films. He did what uh, Jumpers and Glass with Glass Onion. Uh, glass something. Uh, the glass, eye, glass Onion. The Glass Eye. Or uh, when it's, it, was... it was the newspaper story uh, film. And was he in that? He, yeah, he played a. I think he, if it's if it's the one I'm thinking of, he played a character who was caught. Fabricating stories, glass. I'm gonna look it up. Something, something. Anyway, um, you know, these are turns. Turns out that you know Hayden Christensen's actually a good actor, but you wouldn't know it. I mean, you can legitimate complaints. um, Shattered glass. uh, Thank you, thank you. Shattered glass. Legitimate complaints about about the Star Wars sequels. It's don't forget that the Star Wars prequels were kind of a mess and they were dull. And, <laughs> and unfortunately, unfortunately, um, we've, we've known this for a long time. George Lucas is a fantastic idea guy, but he can't write dialogue as Harrison Ford rather famously told him. Yeah. Um, and, and you can see it very much. It, it's, it's really you know prevalent in the prequels and it damaged their careers. And you look at, you know, somebody like Jake Lloyd. Oh, I know. I mean, you know, these are and 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 unfortunately this is hardly the first thing. I was looking into some of this stuff and, you know, uh we're, we're getting a new version of Nosferatu, right? So mm-hmm. so remake of one of the of the classic, you know, most influential uh horror films of all time. Max Shrek, the guy who played Count Orlock. Right. Um Made 40 films in his career. Do you know any of them aside from Nosferatu? Don't, it's okay to say you don't, because I know you don't. Um, nobody does. Right. I mean, right. film historians do. But the thing is, is that after that, he still worked. 
but he never had anywhere near the the exposure and 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 you see this with you know um some of these actors that that you know sudden one role one role can like overshadow your entire career yeah well and you know and i'm looking through marissa tomei's uh imdb and i'm seeing a bunch of stuff that i kind of sort of remember hearing about but a lot of this stuff you know kind of went under the radar uh, and and didn't really didn't really uh didn't really register uh for me anyway but so i think that the one thing that you and i have talked about before is the difference in well how how a lot of the the smaller pictures um don't make it into theaters anymore yeah and but there was a time when smaller pictures made it into all kinds of theaters because you had to fill a slot mm-hmm. and some of these this stuff got released to theaters but got limited play or just didn't have anywhere near the exposure now if it's going into the theater and the very big downside of this is that it's almost expected to be like an event picture yeah and I mean, you know, I mean, if 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 Netflix had been around in the '90s, um, this stuff would have ended up on Netflix. But we also would have seen more of it. I mean, we would some of this stuff we would have registered more, right? Because of you know, any. But I mean, yeah, it's. Um, and you look at something. You know, Natalie Portman started working again. Marissa Tomei has is, is working, and yeah. um, and and Hayden Christensen is working. Um, but there's these big gaps, right? And right. where their careers just disappeared. Um, well, and and Hayden Christensen's uh, list is has more on, more on it than I had realized, because he went off, he left, mm-hmm. and bought a ranch or something up in somewhere Montana, Wyoming, up up in that area someplace, and you know, found himself or something, and eventually came back to uh, to all of this. Jake Lloyd never recovered. Well, Jake Lloyd got the worst of it, I think, because it is really, really hard being a child actor, period. Yeah. Um, and I'm sorry, I don't care. The greatest child actor in the world could have would have a again, I'm I I I see the comment in the chat. I'm sorry, but the prequels are bad. And Jake Lloyd, Jake Lloyd as a kid actor. Alexander is, is, is being facetious. I do believe. I'm sure. But, but he had, you know, bad dialogue in a child actor's mouth. Yeah. is just going to be so much worse. And, and, you know, for all the, you know, you may have noticed that fans have opinions and have been, are not shy when it comes, and when sometimes, a lot of times when they should be shy about about expressing them. Uh-huh. Um, on a show or you know, we express our opinions. I, I, real, I realize the hypocrisy there. Um, but yeah, he caught so much flack from, from un, unfairly from fans who I, I, I guess don't realize how hard it is to be a child actor and how much at that age you're if you reading a bad review where someone tells you you're a bad actor yeah i mean kids emotions uh it hurts enough when you're an adult <laughs> but when you're a kid i mean so yeah there, i i'm I'm not terribly surprised like Haley well, joel osmond i mean yeah you know yeah. that that incredible early days and then 
you grow up. Well, and and you talk about you know untapped potential. All of these kids, you know, Haley Joel Osment, Jake Lloyd, Macaulay Culkin. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Macaulay Culkin had a, a good a good run, but and then and then disappeared and had you know whatever whatever went on in his life that well, you know. And some of this stuff, and and this is where this is where things can get. I'm not saying you don't see it in other countries because you do but the uk for example with their with their really rich um you know they've got that balance a much better balance between film tv and stage right so you can if you don't do particularly well in a movie you're probably still on stage or you're doing television or you're moving around so and there's a better support structure for younger actors Mm -hmm. here how many stories have we heard about stage their mom, pe- stage mom, stage dads? Their their you know the kid the kid got his two million dollar payday. The kid never sees a dollar of that because you know, their parents have decided to live the good life. I mean, it's just- I don't think that I've heard that many stories about stage dads. Now we've got Britney Spears' dad. But for the most part, anytime you hear wild stories about all of this stuff and, you know, careers falling apart and lives falling apart, there's usually a stage mom involved. I, well, I don't, maybe so it's I think, just me, but. So I think um, stage mom is a more common term because it crosses over not just in, in film and television, but it also covers her with beauty pageants mm-hmm. and, and ballet and, and all the things that. And and so, yes, it's very prevalent with 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 girl female focused event kind of things. And so a lot of times that is moms. But I think that for a lot of our a lot of movie stars and TV stars who are kids, you generally find it's the parents. Yeah. Mom and dad who have become they think somehow that I mean, there's a lot of different reasons. But it can really can really derail some of these kids and and, and social course, media makes it worse yeah but even before that the pressure i think to perform a lot of these i mean you remember you could judy garland is is like the er example yeah. right where you know it's like hey you know here hey kid you're fat and they gave her amphetamines yep and and that was her that was her childhood and and we still see that when and macaulay culkin um, Edward Furlong, he's on my little list here. I mean, you know, he's for a, for a whole generation. Terminator Two was just like you know, and his he, he like or or the Feldmans, um, you know, where you know the the alcohol, the drugs, which was you know, right. You're there. talking about you're talking about Corey Feldman and Corey Haim. Corey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Corey, the, the Corys, the Corys. I said the Feldmans, didn't I? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, it's like you know the that can derail a career very easily. And it, and in the case of those guys, it definitely did. Yeah. Well, with, with Corey Haim, it even went further than that because he assumed room temperature on his own. At, at, right. Because of all of that. So we have to be careful how we describe that because of the algorithm and such. But you guys know what happened to him. It's, it is, it is, uh, it is one of those things where, yeah, not just the, not just the uh, the reviews 
that that keep people from you know that derail careers and and whatnot. But uh, egos, personality types. Oh sure. You know, people's like, well, I'm I'm a star. You know, and, and it reminds me of John Lovett's character on Saturday Night Live, the actor, right? It's called acting, right. you know? And you get these people that are just so full of themselves. And at some point, they have a come-to-Jesus meeting with somebody. And you, well, sometimes, sometimes they do. Sometimes. I mean, you, look at, you look at someone like Edward Norton, who yeah. is undeniably a very fine actor. Yes, he he's very talented. And um, I, so the the same year the Prestige came out, there was another film called The Illusionist, and he is the star of that. And I own that film; it is a favorite film of mine. I think it's extremely well done. It's uh, was it Jessica Biel? I think um, so. Is uh, anyway, it's it's a, it's. Uh, I really, if you've not seen the film, I encourage you to check it out. It's romantic and funny and dark, and uh, it, it, I really enjoyed it. Now, when you say romantic, I mean there's a solid love story in it, okay. as opposed to I mean it's you know if you're if you're a fan of a well written love story, yeah. I mean Ed, Edward Norton's too old, but it's 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 still really good. Um, but the thing is, is that he also is one of those people who, I mean, he knows he's good, and that has gotten himself in trouble with rewrites and things like that, and. That's what. That's why he's not the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Yep. I mean, because he was he was he, uh, he was a perfectly good Bruce Banner. And I, I think he did a fine job. I think he did too. Um, but he's not anymore. Nope. Now, but. did you see? Did you see that Liv Tyler is coming back as Betty Ross? <laughs> She's going to be um, in uh, in uh, Captain America: New World Order as all right, the president's daughter. Excellent, because you know Thunderbolt Ross is now the president now that Harrison Ford is playing him. Is there a plane involved? <laughs> you never know. There might be. Get off my plane. <laughs> okay, so so wait if if they cast Gerard Butler in a role. <laughs> Have we, have we, would we meet like that? That's like, it would collapse into a singularity, wouldn't it? Right. And that would be. <laughs> well, I'm not, not... I'm, Marvel, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that, but I think that as pure, just wink and nod for the audience, that would actually be really cool. I'm just saying. I, I'm, I'm hesitant <laughs> because as soon as, as soon as we heard about Harrison Ford, taking over the role from from William Hurd after he passed. <coughs> My first thought was Harrison Ford is almost 80 years old. Mm. He's he's in his 80s. And there is no way that we're going to get Red Hulk with Harrison Ford. Well, okay, but no, you could do Red Hulk. You just wouldn't use him for motion capture. You'd use still, somebody else. Still. I'm just, I'm just I, saying. I know. I'm you, just, could do it. you could do it. You but could, I think but... I, you'd, you'd run into, you'd run into the end of the first Wonder Woman problem there too, because it's kind of like Harrison Ford is so much Harrison Ford that you can kind of accept him playing Thunderbolt. Yeah. 
but Harrison Ford turning into a giant red Hulk. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it, I'm not saying it can't work, but we're, and, and this, this fits in here because perceptions, right? Right. Perceptions of, of performers. Um, you know, do you look at, uh, you know, actors who, I mean, of course the, the, you've got the flip side of this, right? Actors who are trying to break out of the perception. I mean, Elizabeth Berkeley, of course, is the, is the, one of the biggest examples, right? She right. saved by the bell and she goes and does showgirls, which has become a cult classic. I mean, there are people who recognize just how camp and, and, and over the top it is, but I mean, it, it killed her career. Yes, it did. Um, now she's gone, she's gone on, she's doing TV now and she seems to be doing pretty well. She's done, she's done law and order. She's done um, some other shows. So, I mean, she's working, but her career trajectory was like, boom um and it was it was utter her agent dropped her nobody would go near her and that's not fair because you have you look at the rest of that cast and yeah it's not her fault that movie bombed no i mean kyle mclaughlin is in that film gina gershon is in that film i mean it's a solid it's a it's a solid cast yeah and yeah i mean so but but she was the face of it so you know Somebody else, you talk about Vegas, um, Some somebody else that I thought would have a bigger career than she's had, Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After, uh, after I saw her in Adventures in Babysitting, I thought, all right, she's, she's on her way up. And she did that one, and she's done a few, she, you know, leaving Las Vegas with Nicolas Cage. And... An amazing film, folks. <laughs> Again, it's really easy to think of Nicolas Cage's work for you know anything so he's, he's got to pay the bills uh, which he's to some degree his career as well yeah um but if you've not seen that film he's brilliant in it and she is amazing it is an, it's it's not a happy movie fair warning yeah but it's a brilliant it's a brilliantly made film and i really figured that she would have a a, a more visible career mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, she's been working steady, sure. and you know she showed up in the Saint opposite Val Kilmer when they did that, and I thought, "Oh, that's Elizabeth Shue," because I hadn't seen her in a while, and it could just very well be that you know she was doing movies that I wasn't interested in because I generally tend to kind of stay in my lane a little right. bit. Sure. But you know when she was when she showed up in the Saint, I thought. I haven't seen her in a while. It's good to see her. And then she was in the Invisible Man opposite Kevin Bacon, uh, mm-hmm. or, or whatever that whatever that version of it was. Uh, right, yeah. It wasn't called the Invisible Man. What was it called? Um, the Hollow Man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it, Kevin Bacon is to some degree an example of the same thing. Um, his career now, you know, Foot Footloose made him a star, but. Then there's this like you know his he's one of those actors who there's a whole bunch of them actually who in later years are suddenly becoming marketable again. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, she's she deserved better. She and Val Kilmer deserved better than that version of the Saint. They had a great soundtrack. <laughs> I mean, the soundtrack the soundtrack was fantastic yeah. for a different movie. Um, but it's such a disappointing. I mean, and I'm a big Simon Templar the Saint fan. Um, from from like radio days 
I mean, certainly with the TV show, right? But yeah. I mean, the radio shows too. But um, yeah, I mean, they both deserved better. No, she's a fantastic actress. And uh, um, but it's like you know the uh, Alicia Silverstone. Remember when she was? Oh yeah, she was the girl, right? I mean, she, she was, was one the of girl. the and and I don't think it was completely being Batgirl that derailed her career, but it didn't help. I think because I still I still will occasionally run across a comment from somebody when Alicia Silverstone's name comes up. Uh, and recently it has because she did the she did the TV commercial right, yeah. that brought back her character from Clueless. What was that? Was that a T-Mobile commercial or something? Something like that, yeah. And people are sitting there going, well, Alicia Silverstone still thinks she's got a career. I was like, well, she's had a career. She's done stuff. She's been working off and on. You know, maybe not, you know, center stage spotlight and and everybody everybody knows who she is. But, I mean, she hasn't completely gone away. Well, you know, we don't have, and and for, for good and for ill, we don't have really been what the last couple of decades where the, where the, the movie star has kind of, the idea of the movie star has faded away a bit, right? I mean, you still have... I'd you say know. it's been longer than that. I mean, because really the last, I mean, Harrison Ford is one of the last ones that I think you could say is a movie star. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, Harrison Ford, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think you're looking at the, the 80s and the 90s was like the end of it. Yeah. Right. And and this was your, when you had your action stars, right? Right. And I think that was sort of the, that was sort of the, the, the hated, the, the Hollywood star system you know, really was the 1940s and 50s, and it was fading ever since. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, really this whole kind of thing where you get into, I think the 80s and 90s, they were still trying to make them, right? So you got, like, you know, um, uh, well, Alicia Silverstone comes, you know, it's, you're looking at the films in the in the 90s, and, like, she's, you know, you've got Clueless, you've got Batman, you've got, you know, these films where, you know, this... Or Chris O'Donnell, you know, same thing. Yeah, it's like, these are these are the next big stars, and it's like okay, Kirsten but most Dunst. Actors, yeah, but most actors are just working. Yeah. Well, um, uh, oh, I I thought of somebody when we were in the middle of all of that, and now I can't remember the name. Um, well, I was going to mention um, Josh Harnett, who um, I completely dismissed as an actor. In, 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 you know, just it never was impressed with his, the films. And that's not, you know, that's not knocking him as much as those films just don't appeal to me, those that stuff. And then he shows up in Penny Dreadful, and I'm like, oh, what is he doing here? Mm -hmm. And he's fantastic in it. And, I mean, the, char he, he, you know, the character has depth. He's, he's just riveting in, in the role. There's an incredible cast in that, in that show. And... You know, this is somebody who I have completely dismissed as an actor, and I was not alone in dismissing him as a serious actor because he played these. Uh, the early part of his career, he played the dumb jock character a lot of the time. Yeah, and he played it really well. So you tended to think of him that way, and he's another actor who just went. He did had smaller roles and did all this other stuff, 
even now he's not like a major major star um and yet he had three fantastic seasons where he was absolutely riveting um uh, along with like i said that that entire cast is great um on penny dreadful the original penny dreadful yeah some of that's perception we just don't see these folks when they're they're working and again it comes back to you know the uk where you've got these folks who move from these various aspects it's much more common to go see a show a theater show in the uk than than for a lot of american audiences right they don't see these folks working on broadway or just or off broadway or chicago or boston or wherever they're working now that's bugging me. I can't remember who it was that I was just about to say, because we were talking about Alicia Silverstone, and that that reminded me of somebody, and I can't now for the life of me uh, remember who I was. Th- who did Josh Hartnett play on Penny Dreadful? Jr. is asking. Um, see, now I'm going to draw a blank on the actual name of the character, mm, but he up. was our werewolf analog. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and um the did not want to be the werewolf analog ethan chandler was the name of his character okay um, and he was he was eva green's um i'm not gonna say love interest it was a whole lot of of we really want to but we can't mm-hmm. um and so when when you're playing off eva green you better be bringing your a game yeah. and he he did i mean they they, they had great chemistry Fantastic chemistry between the two of them. And again, not thinking of him as a leading man um, is a large part because of the roles that he was cast in, not because of his talent. And now that he's older and his face has character and he doesn't just look like, and this is, again, this comes back to a lot of these folks got famous when they were younger. Right. And they didn't have, they were playing a certain type and that's the type they got cast in. Maybe we should circle into a topic at some point with uh, uh, actors who peaked when they were young and are now coming back mm. for a second round. Uh, you know, they're they're the more more character actors, more seasoned, and and now they have a yeah. resurgence in their career. Uh, well i mean you look at you look at someone like timothy dalton again we're still in penny dreadful here yeah you know he's uh or he he had a solid career i mean he was the bad guy in the rocketeer spoiler um he was uh uh, james bond he he was james bond um he was in flash gordon um these are the films that a lot of people know him from of course he was rassilon on doctor who but the thing is is that he has been working, but it's like the the big um, the big blockbuster things that Americans know him from are not the things he's been working on. Yeah, and um, and again, reminder, just folks, if you've not seen Penny Dreadful, I highly encourage you to check it out. It is the it is the show that made me realize why the reason I don't like Rose Tyler from Doctor Who has <laughs> nothing to do with Billy Piper's talent. Yeah. Billy Piper is a fantastic, fantastic actor. But. <laughs> uh, Dave says, Sam Elliott keeps working, but hasn't made it really big. I, You know, Sam Elliott. He's a character actor. He's a character actor. And I think, I think Sam Elliott will 
always be remembered for a couple of things. Uh, Westerns in general, Mm -hmm. just Western. Mm -hmm. Roadhouse and the beef commercials. Because for a while he was doing the voice tracks for the radio for for sure, the beef right. mm-hmm. beef it's what's for dinner because Robert Mitchum did it and then Mitchum died and I think Sam Elliott was doing it after that so yeah I mean, Sam Elliott is one of those actors who and 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 in fairness the hardest working actors in the industry are character actors yes because they are the folks who show up every you know they're they're the folks who are always working they are not getting. The ten million dollar payday. They're not getting paid crap. I mean, then, I mean, some of these folks are doing okay. They've they've got lives that are are pretty comfortable. Yeah. Um. But they're not. You know, they're not getting Will Smith money or Tom Cruise money or or Harrison Ford money or anything like that. But the thing is, is that they work all the time, and it's easy to forget that people like Michael Caine have really only had a few films where. He was the big lead in the film. Right. He's been a supporting actor, character actor, most of his career. And a lot of these folks just like to work. Well, yeah. and and we've talked about Michael Caine before where, you know, his background is such where he's, you know, you don't know where the next paycheck is coming from. So you take the next paycheck. Right. And and you know he he makes the joke about Jaws two, um, Jaws was it Jaws two Jaws three whichever Jaws whichever three. one he was in, you know the fact that he's never seen it but he bought his mother a nice house you know right. it's it's that kind of thing so I was like you know you know you get your priorities right and and there are there are some actors out there uh, like Clint Eastwood for example who will take the money for the big you know, be the star, dirty Harry type project. And as part of that deals, yes, I'll do that, but then you're going to let me make this movie that I want to make. And so he makes those passion projects using the money he makes off of the big franchise tentpole things that that, that maybe he doesn't really want to do anymore, but this is what he's known for. And so he does this so he can do that other one. I think it's the the things that he's doing on the bigger scale of the things he wants to direct. And even that has become much more personal stories, smaller stories. Right, right. Um, But you look at someone like Robert Pattinson. Of course, he's he's Batman now. And he was, you know, (laughs) one of the leads in Sparkly Vampire. Um, (laughs) The sequels. Um, And then because he was, he so disliked being the center of all this attention and being, you know, um, and the and the films themselves, that he went off and did a whole bunch of smaller projects, art house films. You you could be you could easily think he wasn't working. Yeah, but he was doing smaller uh, stuff, more obscure um, work. Well, and, and of course he's moving over into you know he moved over into into horror with the lighthouse and. And some of this stuff, you look at, and, and horror actors have this really strongly, a lot of them are working regularly, but they're working in smaller pictures that aren't getting the high exposure. Right. Um, and horror is such a niche anyway. It is. And, and, and we're enjoying a period right now where horror, well, one day we'll have to discuss why we should stop using terms like 
elevated horror. I, A24 <laughs> films are fantastic. I'm really glad they're out there. It's great. But elevated horror is such a dumb term. And I will happily tell you why, but not on this episode. Um, <laughs> well, it's like high concept. To some degree, yeah. I mean, it's it's what it is. It's kind of like, super briefly, it's kind of like this is the acceptable horror. Right. This is, you know, it's like, okay, it's it's horror, guys. I mean, just stop. Horror is horror is coming to a whole bunch of different flavors for as long as it's been a genre, which has been, you know, centuries. So anyway. Well, it, it, more literary horror. Well, but even, even that's not fair because Frankenstein is literary horror. Dracula yeah. is literary horror. Right. They are literally literary I know, horror. I know, I know, I know. So, but I yeah, know. I mean, it's, it's again, it's, it, it's, uh, it's like Oscar bait movies, right? Yeah. It's kind of like Oscar bait horror, except it's not really Oscar bait because it's not anyway. Anyway, but the thing is, is that you look at some of this stuff, you know, it's like, you know, we Linda Blair is coming back to play Reagan mm -hmm. in this new Exorcist film. You know, she worked after the exor the first Exorcist, nowhere near as high profile, right. certainly, but she's an example of a child actor who grew into a adult actor who. You know, you don't you don't see that level because she's working on a on a less high profile, uh, but she's still working. She was still working. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know how much she's she's currently working, but um, and she's you know she did film and television and things like that. Yeah. Uh, somebody else that ah, Jaws four. There we go. Jaws the Revenge. Right. <laughs> somebody else. I thought we were going to see more of. Uh, and and she has been steadily working. She's still working. Uh, is Rachel Tickenson, who was uh, Melina in Total Recall, oh, you know yeah. the the girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And you know she's been in a lot of television. She's done a lot of guest work on television and in, in, in over the years, Law and Order, NCIS, and and that kind of thing. But I really figured. Oh, I remember who I was thinking of. I really figured that Rachel Dickinson would have a bigger career than she's had. And it could be and a lot of this too could be the decision of the performers. Uh, when you know, I, I I've had all these all, all this success, but this I don't want to do. You know, I uh, oh. I mean, you look at the interview that uh, that they just did with um Ben Affleck and this new production company that he's doing with Matt Damon, he's sitting there saying, you know, while he was out on, on Justice League, his choices were start drinking a lot or jump out a window because it was such a miserable thing. A lot of it had to do with the experience of shooting, but he's also realizing I'm away from my family. Right. And this right. this is something that needs to change. So he's he's now setting up the production company. He's in Los Angeles where he could spend time with his family, he go to the baseball games or the gym gymnastics thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he can be a dad. And well, yeah, I mean, the, you know the life of a working actor. Um, I had a friend of mine who was doing um I should check in on him. <laughs> um pre pandemic, he was he's an opera singer. And his apartment was a very small apartment with a bed and room for his stuff. And he would visit it a few times every yeah. year yeah. because he would travel uh, around the U.S. He'd travel around Europe. He would go where the job 
took him. Right. And he is single and he's happy to be single. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't have a relationship or want a relationship. He doesn't have any pets. Um, his, you know, traveling, he loves to travel. These are all things that work, but it's a constant job. He's always moving. Yeah. And he's, you know, he does the gig here for a few months and he moves on to the next one. And that, if, if that is something where you've got a family or, or you just don't enjoy it, that can, that can completely, you know, walking away from that can be the best thing you can do. Yeah. Fame or fame or not, <laughs> you know, I mean, if you're just not, if you're not happy, I mean, do you remember the TV show Bull? Yeah. All right. So that is where I first discovered Alicia Coppola. That's the one I was trying to think of the other okay, before. Sure. Alicia Coppola, who is a Coppola. I think she's a Coppola. <coughs> like a Coppola Coppola. Right, right. Nicholas Cage is a Coppola, by the way, for those of you who mm-hmm. don't know, if you've missed that. So Alicia Coppola, and I remember being so impressed with her performance there. One, the the reason I started watching the show is because George Newbern was in it, and he was playing Superman over on the on Justice League Animated. I was like, right, oh, right. Yeah, this is something that, okay, this is Superman. Let's see what he can do. And Alicia Coppola was in that show and was very impressed with her talent and thought, oh, she's, she's yeah, well, the fact that she's a Coppola even, I mean, she's, she's really going places. And then she didn't. And she's been steadily working. She's been doing stuff. And then there was a, there was a, a, a TV series that I did recaps on <clears throat> called The Nine Lives of Chloe King. <clears throat> right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's been in the National Treasure movies. She's one of the agents there. But the nine lives of Chloe King is—I don't even see—I don't even see it on her IMDb. Nine lives of Chloe King is, oh, there it is. Yeah, it's not a good series. It is a not a good series. But I continued to watch it because Alicia Coppola showed up, and it was like, "Oh, hey, there's Alicia Coppola." And I and I remember, I remember saying saying something on social media at the time. I would watch Alicia Coppola read the phone book, right? Yeah, you know, and and she, thought, you know, that's very nice of you, and I was because I I have always been impressed with with her work. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched all of it. Because there's a lot of it that's just, you know, again, right. I stay in my lane. If it's not science fiction or fantasy or, or what, I generally tend to ignore it. I'm not big into the crime thrillers or the, you know, the rom-coms. Sure. It's, or, you know, it's the stuff that, it's the stuff that yeah. appeals to you. Right. But she's very talented. <clears throat> and I figured she would have a bigger star than, than she has. Uh, but again, she's another one where her career is resurging. We're starting to see, you know, she's been posting some stuff over to her Instagram about some different things that she's working on. She's got a, she's, she's been doing a podcast. Everybody was hosting a podcast for a while because sure. stuff. But, you know, her name, again, is coming out uh, in, in various different places. So, you know, she could be on that list of yeah actors that come around for a second time. So, Well, I mean, you can look at somebody and uh, because it's it's been a hot minute, I think, it's been a whole week since we mentioned this because we only do the show once a week, but 
um, you know, there was this little film called John Carter that didn't do the way we thought it should have done. Um, and it's lead. Both of them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely both of them. Um, but it wasn't the only film <clears throat> that came out that year that really, really damaged his career. Yeah. Because for all the fact that we really, really thought that John Carter was an excellent uh, adaptation and and really should have should have somehow got a better ad campaign, among <laughs> other things. Um, Taylor Kish uh, also had Battleship come out that year. Yeah. <clears throat> and the it was like a one-two punch for his career. And he's still working. He still shows up in smaller roles. But he was, they were thinking that this was like 2012 was going to be his year. You know, blockbuster movies. Well, I, I don't know so much you could have done with Battleship. Um, yeah, right. I mean, you know, you, Rihanna is in Battleship, folks, and she can't help the movie, possibly because yeah. she's not singing. Um, but, well, and, and, you know, you, you, only you, look at, you look at the modern, the modern equivalent of that. Well, uh, not really, but you get a one, two punch with this one. Uh, you, cause you talk about the, the movies that don't do well and it derails a career. Sure. I think, I think that's about to happen to Jonathan Majors because everybody keeps talking about how great an actor he is and, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is out there. Devotion is out there. Um, Creed 3. Everybody's talking really good stuff about Creed 3, and he's supposed to be this next big thing. Now, the arrest and all of that stuff notwithstanding, because mm. that's a whole separate thing PR-wise right, and career-wise. Well, I mean, that'll that's kill still, his career anyway. I mean, but, that's playing out. That's that's still playing out. Right. And We'll have, we'll see what but, happens there, and that but, could that could easily derail his entire it, career. It could, that. but absent that, mm. the failure of Ant Man and the and, and the Wasp: Quantumania, and Devotion not getting very much in terms of play anywhere. I mean, I think it went straight to Netflix or something. I mean, not it had, not a lot of people have seen it, mm. and. His his whole you know the whole Marvel Phase Five and Phase Six depends on him being the villain, and no, coming out of the gate, coming out of the gate, you have everything just kind of faltering. He's well, he I mean, may not have he may not have as as big a career as everybody was expecting because of everything that's going on. It's entirely possible, and I think that it's important to remember that. For some of these actors, it was situations out of their control. And so some of these actors, it was situations that were in their control. Yeah. And um, I mean, I we will see what happens with the legal side of things. I think he's a fantastic actor. I, I you know, Lovecraft Country was, he's very, very good in that. And I quite liked him in Loki. Ant-Man, Quantumania, um, is fine. Again, I we mentioned this a few weeks ago, but I think I talked about it where I was like, they forgot they were an Ant making an Ant Man movie. Yeah, and it was it's 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 an okay superhero film, but it loses all the charm that made the first two films fun for me. Right, it's fine. I was entertained. You know, I mean, that's 
I, I could have been more entertained, <laughs> a lot more. But and Jonathan Majors is is perfectly good in it. But I'm I don't know when it stopped for me. Where as much as I can be like I can really enjoy an actor's performance, mm. there's not like this is the actor who is like my favorite actor, right? I I don't have that anymore. Uh, there was there you know there there have been times in my life where it's been like this person is so fantastic. Um, I mean I, I can recognize the talent, and and so so many of these people are incredibly talented. I enjoy watching them, but I don't have like the actor that I follow from thing to thing. Yeah, right. I mean, and and when I was younger, there was some of that. So, and that's fine. I mean, you know, because like you know, even though. I will often go in for the crime thriller, uh, aside from just the the science fiction and the horror. There's some stuff that just doesn't appeal. I stopped watching American Horror Story. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's a great it's a great it, it. I really enjoyed parts of it. It is an ending problem. It always has every season. I'm sorry, um, but people still love it, and that's great. But I lost interest, right? Yeah, and that's fine. I don't have to keep watching it, but. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm I've enjoyed Jonathan Major's stuff. I the phase the the various Marvel phases going forward. He can be recast, guys. I I know I oh, know yeah, it's a th- he can. People pe- for some reason this has been a thing lately that it's been like well, you can't recast them. Yeah, you can. It used to happen a lot more. Well, and I think I think some of that comes from the fact that there was such such a hue and cry over uh, 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 Chadwick Boseman because people are sitting there saying you should recast T'Challa, and and, and, I, I can and then under- it became a thing. And it's like, well, you recast Rhodey, and nobody yeah. nobody blinked, and and you know everybody was talking about well, you know, uh, Chris Evans. And Robert Downey Jr. and Scarlett Johansson, they've all become kind of iconic with the characters that they've played. We can't recast them. So it's kind of into that. But, yeah. you, it, I mean, Chadwick Boseman had, what, one and a half films as T'Challa? You could recast yeah, but, that character. Well, but I think that, that the film was as, as popular as it was, as successful as it was, the reach that it had, it's a decision that you make one way or the other. And right. they made the decision they made. And I don't, I don't disagree with it, but I also, you know, would, if they had recast the role, I wouldn't have, but again, we come back to, but see, if they had recast the role, they could have told more stories with that character. Oh, and sure. I personally am of the belief that they exploited Chadwick Boseman's death for clout. Maybe well, not. I, maybe that wasn't the entire reason, but I think that factored into it. We can get the sympathy vote and have people come in and watch the movie for for do it for Chadwick. They would have. They would have. They would have come in no matter what, based on the success of the first one. Whether or not it would have been successful as successful, who knows? But I. I and I and I didn't feel that when I watched it. But yeah. that's that's fine too. But um, there was you and I. I mean. One Batman, two Batman, three Batman, <laughs> right. four films. Yeah, right. And 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 yes, okay, yes. We get we get super attached to these actors playing these parts because they make the part 
appealing, right? So, I mean, it's it's really hard to think about anybody else playing, you know, Iron Man when you think about Robert Downey Jr. But here's the thing. He's not the first person to play Iron Man. Right. And he won't be the last. And same thing with Captain America. And and so, I mean, yeah. I mean, we're going to get a new Fantastic Four. How many different people have played, you know, the Fantastic Four at this point? Um, right. So, I mean, it, yeah, but I, but I get it. I mean, it's it's the closest thing we have, the closest thing we have to movie stars right now are superhero movies. Yeah, uh, for good or ill. Um, right. I mean, that's not always, a, a, that's right. not necessarily a good thing because not only are, are, are the stars attached to, to the superhero movies, but the budgets of those Sure. Are killing any other movies that we could get? Well, yeah. I mean, if you're, I mean, if that's a whole other topic, but right. Well, and also there's this, 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 um, you get this sort of thing that, um, with and and it happens with other genres too, but with a superhero film, you end up with things like you know, um, if you you become attached to characters and the director that was doing those characters, like the, the you know, um, you know, Zack Snyder's Justice League care actors, right. right? You know, you get, you get attached to them and, and whether or not, you know, and, and for some people, they just can't let go. Or Guillermo and, del Toro doing Hellboy. Right. Well, and the, if, if the first remake, now that we're getting another one, if the first remake had actually been any good, yeah, and that's an example of that's not that's another show idea, Jason. <laughs> is the movies that were basically banking on they didn't <laughs> they didn't make a good movie. They made a movie that they expected you to come to. So, you know, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Um, yeah, the the other Hellboy. Um, it happens in genre films a lot, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Dolph Lundgren's The Punisher. <laughs> They were they're banking on they're banking almost like on name recognition of of the character or the actor, but they, they didn't they didn't make a good film as they were going along. Right, and that happens. And, I mean, well, and, and there was a lot of eighties action movies, but <laughs> yeah, right. It's like you're not you're not here to see anything but Arnold quip at you. That's all, and that's and there's I'm not saying that's not entertaining, but there were some things. It's like you know, wow, okay. <laughs> Yeah, you put this out. Islander two, Islander two is a whole different story. Oh yeah, yeah. Because we're getting a new Islander. They keep threatening us, threatening us <sighs> with know, that. I know. Well, and have have we heard anything about the the live action Akira of late? Is I, I'm, is it dead? Uh, I think it might be dead. And I hope it and is. fingers crossed. Hopefully, it's dead. Because I mean, and like I said, unless it's a Japanese studio, and even then, yeah. even then, you know what? You've got the graphic novels, 
you've got the the animated version. Oh, the anime's fantastic. Yeah, and even even it is a it's not watered down is not the right word. It's a condensed version. Sure. Condensed version. Well, I mean it has to be, really. Right. I mean, given how long the manga is. But still, I mean, okay, I, I, yeah, no, leave it, leave it be. It's so good as it is. Yeah. <laughs> I have to fent- fantastic writer, fantastic director, fantastic cast. I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just saying the odds are stacked against it. Yeah. Well, and and there are a lot of a lot of those where we find it, and, and you know, we're just finding out now. <sighs> about the new X-Files that Ryan Coogler wants to put together because that news broke today and you've got a, a live-action Aristocats being put into development and there's a there's there's a whole episode there where we sit there and go, why? Why would you do this? And, and I, I, know, I, I know, I know. It's, it's all about the money. It's all about the Benjamins. How much longer are we even going to be able to do this? Because this is not what a credit card does. No. Well, and and the other part of that, too, is, I mean, you look at how many people are getting laid off at these studios now. I mean, Disney just announced another 7,000 and completely shut down their metaverse-type department division. And, you know, you've got Amazon cutting jobs and Facebook cutting jobs and, and Netflix is probably going to do it. And Sirius XM has cut jobs, all, all of these different places. They're not going to be able to do this big blockbuster tentpole, $230 billion movies anymore. Well, I, I think they probably not as many. Are. They're not going not to be many. able to do as many. But the, here's here's the thing. Here's here's the good thing about about that. And we've talked about this before. We need more medium-sized movies yes more and more smaller sized films and and yes you can find that stuff on the streaming services and that's fine but some of that stuff still has a place in the theater and it's stuff that is improved your experience as an audience member is improved by having other audience members there with you yeah. because if you are watching something at home by yourself you're the only person laughing at that particular bit and you don't necessarily realize how funny something is or how how emotional something is unless you're with other people yeah and you miss out on miss out on on, on that stuff by just watching you know you're sitting at home watching netflix by yourself or, well, or and, even even with a couple of other people you yeah. still don't have that same big chris, audience chris experience. pine chris pine talking about the dungeons and dragons movie He's uh, seen it now, I think, he says, three or four times. Mm. And he says he loves watching it with an audience. Right. Because he loves hearing you know, how the audience responds to it. Mm-hmm. And so far, people have been saying pretty positive things about it. And it's got a, you know, it's, I think, certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. And, right. you know, you and I saw it. We liked it. We enjoyed mm-hmm. it. And turns out, that one particular element that we really thought was funny and 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 we'd never seen something like that before and oh that was kind of cool that actually is an established character in D&D come to find out oh so, okay uh, so yeah oh. so so people who know D&D 
may recognize this as it, there's a whole new, another level of appreciation for D&D players. Uh, no, D&D is out this coming weekend. And John John Wick is probably going to kill it, but it's a good movie. I do recommend it. I yes, I we, the thing is is that and and I realize <laughs> this is a, not a high bar. It's the best D and D film we've had. Um, <laughs> but I and and I mean that legitimately. It's not a damning with faint praise. It's, yeah, it's good. We, it's fun. We were entered. I mean, again, it's a D and D movie. Ha, your goal, you, your the goal is to be entertained. Yeah. I was very entertained. Have you seen the uh, the Freaks and Geeks promo? No. All right, so I posted it on Twitter. Um, it is uh, the three best friends, you know, because John, Jonathan, the, one of the writers directors, he's the kid from Freaks and Geeks. Right. Yeah. And he's he he did a promo with the two guys that were his best friends in that thing. Ah. And they're okay. still playing D and D. They're playing D and D in this thing. And it's finally, there's finally done. You just got, how long have we been playing? Uh, 23 years. Same campaign. <laughs> I guarantee fun. it. It's fun. And, and it was like, oh, I better, I better go home. My parents, when did you get that beard? I don't know. When did you get yours? I better go home. My parents are probably worried if they're still alive. <laughs> it's, it's funny. But we, we, I posted that over on Twitter. It's, it's, it's fun to see that. Okay, I'll but have to check that it's, out. It's a fun movie. And, and Chris Ooh. Pine is talking about, you know, sitting in with the audience. And you're right. The audience experience completely changes the dynamic sometimes of, of oh. watching a film as opposed to just sitting at home and watching it. I guarantee you, folks, if you watch Cocaine Bear at home, <laughs> you will laugh. And you'll wince. But if you watch it with an audience, yep. you're going to have a really great time. It's just that it's that kind and, and, and Dungeons and Dragons is the same way. I think it's it's a film that really benefits from being a group experience. And that's yep. nothing wrong with that. And I mean, okay, so you, I'm sure you've all seen reaction videos on YouTube, right? And I'm sure that you saw the reaction videos when it was um you know the final scene of the final sequence of Avengers Endgame, right? The big <laughs> right, fight, right, right. You get that whole thing where it's like you know, or the last know, episode on, of Mandalorian season two when Luke Skywalker, right? Shows where it's up. you know, where you hear on your left, or you're you know, is that an X wing? Or you, you get those things, and if it's recorded in a theater, mm -hmm. you hear that crowd, yeah. and you can sit there and and a. Pretty sure it, you know that's mostly uh, 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 very uncool. By the way, um, <laughs> <laughs> a former the a former movie theater employee. But I it, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. That that environment, that excitement. Imagine watching that sequence in The Mandalorian with 50, 60, 100 other people, and. So that that cool thing when you're sitting on the couch with your four friends and you had a great time and you're all like hooting and, and yeah. shouting. Yeah magnify that that's what we don't get enough of for smaller pictures right now so well and, and you know i just had that experience with picard with uh Rant. with the <laughs> the episode with michelle forbes coming back as row and and yes I, that's a spoiler but it's been it's been a week and a half two weeks right, yeah. so mm -hmm. you you ought to be yeah we ought to be past that but you know when when she showed i mean it was a complete surprise and everybody right. online was talking about it and they were like how did you keep that secret how did that not leak out, out of everybody that has seen 
the first six episodes, the whole season ahead of time, nobody talked about it. Right. And yep. so when I saw that, you know, it, you know, I'm watching it with Mindy, and she doesn't know who this is. She, you know, it's, it's, it's I'm still catching her up. And you know, when she saw it, I was like, I, 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 "Wait!" It was such a total surprise. And, right? and you're right; those kind of things. If you had something like that in a theater, that experience with somebody showing up like that, completely out of blue, unexpected, I, I think that particular scene would have gotten such a huge reaction in the theater if you were watching it in a theater. Right, and and of course, t- shows like like Star Trek don't often get you know theater audience setups, but right. sometimes they do. Um, but yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of stuff um, that, and we should maybe that's another episode for us is that 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 mid level or lower level film that maybe you didn't see mm-hmm. that didn't get the big theatrical run or went straight to Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever yeah. um, that. You know, it needs a little more love. We've talked about some of that. We've talked about some some of that stuff in the past, but not not the same, quite the same way. So, we'll 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 cover that in a in an upcoming week. The list gets longer. The list gets longer. But you know, that's that's good that we yeah. have a list of topics that we can choose from because otherwise, we're sitting there five minutes before the show starts. Like, what are we going to talk about tonight? I know it seems like we're doing that more than we are, but we really <laughs> do have a list. We do have a list. We do have a list. I have, I have actually, I have two lists because I have the the main list that I wrote down and sent to Tim, right. and then I've got my little posty notes for extras on the list. So, so yeah, we continue to do that. And if you all have suggestions for topics, you can always send those to us. H two O at sci fi from you dot com. I don't, I don't promote the email that often. Uh, but you can send us suggestions for topics. You can send us your own thoughts about whatever topic that we're covering. I mean, you can leave a comment on any of the video streams or any of that, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can always send us an email, uh, uh, h2o at sci-fi for me.com. And, of course, all of the socials. So I'll go ahead and bring that up because we'll wrap up here. Ten different social media platforms, <clears throat> which I always say is 11 too many. Uh, we've got the Discord server. You can sign up and, and join the conversations over there. Uh, you can sign up for the newsletter. You can support us through Sc- Subscribestar if you want to throw us money. That's fine, too. There is also the memberships on YouTube and Odyssey. So you can join. In addition to just subscribing, you can also join and support us financially that way if you want. It's, it's certainly not any kind of obligation or anything like that, and, and we're not going to turn it turn around and go buy Ferraris with it or anything, but um but that that option they are is not, available. They are not fuel efficient cars. No they're I not. don't think they look that good. No. All right. Okay. All right. That's it for us tonight. Don't forget we do have live from the bunker weekdays uh Monday through open line Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Tomorrow, tomorrow's Wednesday, I'm gonna have Tony Weiskopf. She is the publisher at Bayon Books. Uh, she's going to be on tomorrow uh, talking about the latest over there. And uh, then we also have this week, uh, I think this. I think we've got one this week, The Ranker Pit, Thursday night at 8, uh, 7 Central. So join us for that as well. And that's going to do it for us tonight. Thanks very much for being here, folks. Mr. Harvey. Always a pleasure. 
go go uh, go say hi to the cats. I, I <laughs> gonna actually get back to work. <laughs> yes, and I do, and I do also want to give a shout out to Tom Connors for giving me the the new voiceover. Uh, track for the title sequence. Uh, it's, I, definitely, it's definitely better. Yeah, I finally got to replace mine, so that's good. So, thanks to Tom for that. All right, that's it, folks. Thanks very much for being here, folks. Everybody, next week. Bye. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio, copyright 2023 by Flaming Dog Media LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi for Me Radio. 